Hey everyone, this is Melissa Allen in Ode to Love, and we've made it to episode three, The Triangle. I wanted to take the time out to thank every listener for your outpouring of love and support. I've gotten calls, emails, text messages, DMs, just from people appreciating the the show, the content, and I hope to continue bringing you all just genuine, transparent, and real-life examples of my self-love journey and hope that I can encourage you to continue in your self-love journey or just reinforcing your self-love. So thank you so much for listening. Today, I find myself in Texas um, in a town near Austin, and I'm just very blessed to be here. I left 46 degree weather. It's 70 something degrees outside the window right now that I'm looking at. And just, I'm so grateful. It is December the 4th and the weather is amazing. So yeah, I'll be here for a few days and I thought it'd be good to do an episode because I was in deep thought on the way over here while on my flight, just thinking about triangulation. And so I titled this episode, the triangle. So triangulation is a psychology term. And as it means, it represents a triad. So there's three people involved in a particular situation. One person is always aware of what's happening, but two might not be aware. But there also are, there's also a chance that two of the three are aware of what's happening. And that's when it becomes a bit manipulative. But you can form a triangle with family, with friends, a mixture of both. And definitely you see it a lot in romantic relationships and have probably heard the term uh, love triangle. So let's just dive right into that. So a triangle is formed when you're trying to take away the power or increase the power of a particular member of that triangle. This is very scary at times because if you're dealing with a person who is a narcissist or a person that is manipulative or any of the other histrionic or borderline personality traits, people within this triangle are intentionally forming it. So let's say that there's an issue between a mother and a child and the mother brings in the other child to balance out the power. So one child might be the hero, hailed as the hero. The other child might be hailed um, as the problem or scapegoat. So this is something that creates a power imbalance. And the scapegoat now becomes the projected issue as opposed to what's the real and bigger issue. Now, when it comes to friendships, very similar. Um, you see this in a lot of the, 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 the mean girl type of friendships, like might be a group of friends and let's say there's three people. Uh, one friend has a problem with the other friend, so they try to get the other friend to be on their side so they might share gossip or disclose something that might be damaging to the trust in the other person's friendship. So now you have two people who team up against another person. So that happens as well in friendships. 
But the one that I want to focus on today right now, because we see it a lot and, and very repetitively, especially when I'm dealing with my clients, um, is the triangulations by a romantic relationship. So in that type of relationship, triangle, usually it's for a gain. It's a secondary gain involved. So what is the gain? What is the thing that the person is hoping to gain? So let's say we'll start off with something very simple. Let's say that, um, you know, I love a man and his mother doesn't like me. So I could form a triangle and I can get him to turn against his mother or not really turn against, but to sway him away from his mother by, you know, trying to do things or to tell him things that would influence that relationship. So that could be me just saying like, oh, your mom's being mean to me or I feel uncomfortable being around your mother or, you know, your mother treats you like a child and you're a grown man and she doesn't respect you. And so if, you know, the person is really starting to listen to or accept my view, then he may form an opinion against his mother and um, start to alter that relationship. So in this case, you know, he's unaware and his mother's unaware, but I am the manipulative person spearheading the triangle and I'm very aware of what's taking place. Another, another thing is when it comes to narcissism, and I will stick with this one today because that aligns with my own personal journey that I had to work through, um, when a person is a narcissistic person. Um, now, let me just stop right there. Narcissistic people are not bad people. And a lot of people have narcissistic traits that do not have narcissistic personality disorder. However, what I will say is this, is that a narcissist usually forms um, based on their own invalidations and insecurities. So you're projecting certain behaviors to hide your own insecurities, to hide your own vulnerabilities. And so they're not, because I know that term gets used a lot. People are like, oh, you're a narcissist, or you're a narcissist, you're a narcissist. I hear it all the time, but it does not make a person a bad person, right? So we're going to stop right there and say a narcissist is not a bad person. People build these defenses based on their experiences. So if you've been abused, if you've been mistreated, if you've been involved in a toxic family dynamic, if you were in an abusive relationship, a lot of times you build these defenses defenses in order to protect yourself from getting hurt again, in order to hide the fact that you've been hurt or in order to not seem weak or vulnerable, insecure, so they, these are reasons why people take on these narcissistic personality types if they do develop into that or just sometimes maintain their narcissistic characteristics. So you have a narcissistic person and they are afraid of losing you. So maybe they've been hurt, they've been abandoned, um, they've dealt with uh, bad relationships, mother-child mother relationship, father-child relationship, 
Maybe they grew up in foster care. Maybe their parent died very young and they had to experience unfortunate events as a result. These things may be true. So sometimes people are afraid of repeating that, of of experiencing that re-abandonment. And because of that, he or she might be so afraid of losing a significant person that they feel that they like, maybe even love, that they do form an intentional triangle. This is really sad because it is unfair to the person who is truly in a relationship and it manipulates them to maintain the relationship that the narcissist intent. So, for example, with the narcissist, if he or she believes that um, the person might leave him or her, then he or she might create a third party involvement in order to balance out the power in the relationship. So, It's like, I'm afraid you're going to leave me, so I'm going to introduce something else or someone else in this case so that you can feel insecure about losing me. Now, this person, third person, may be very much unaware that he or she is being used. So they enter into the triangle not aware that they're being used to make another party feel a particular way. This is very important to understand because sometimes and what's the major reason for the narcissist is to create that conflict between these two people who are unaware that they're at odds with each each other or they've formed opinions about each other because the narcissist set this up so that he or she can accomplish his or her goals so this is very important because the narcissist now is going to feed information to one party and then feed opposite information to the other party. So now these two people are at odds with each other. They don't like each other. They think the one person is bad and the other person may have said something about them or the other person thinks they're better than that person. And because the two people already have a great dislike for each other, then the chances of them actually confronting that person or addressing the conflict is probably not going to happen and the narcissist wants it that way he or she wants to keep those two people at odds with each other because it benefits them because now I'm not losing or I'm, I'm, I'm minimizing my chances of losing this person because now they're they have a motivation to want to stay in this relationship maybe they want to prove that I'm better than this person. Or maybe they want to prove that I'm more tenacious and dedicated than this person. But whatever the case is, the relationship now is built on fallacies. It's not built on genuineness. It's not built on love. It's built on manipulation, which, that word again, toxic. It becomes toxic again. So here's my story of my triangulation. So... I was dating a young man and um, was very much taken back by him. Very attractive, um, very articulate, um, very intelligent, um, great guy, funny, witty, charming, all of the great stuff in that package. 
and I surprisingly fell for him very quickly and we had a really great relationship um, especially during our first year within the second year the relationship became problematic because there became an issue where the individual I was dating had to address something from his past now when the information came to me I had already developed a very strong connection with him so instead of me finding this out and just being like you know what I'm out I decided to work with him and the challenges that he was facing dealing with this particular individual and I really thought in the beginning that I was being very supportive and that I wasn't running away from this relationship because this person was encountering a challenge that was beyond his control. So I played the the very supportive role of a partner. And I noticed, though, that I began to lose out on the privileges that I was afforded before this other party was introduced. Um, I was not able to go on as many dates. Um, There were issues with um, activities that I could do. Um, There were a lot of excuses as to why a lot of the schedules that we had before had to be changed and no longer maintained because this person... um, informed me that the other party was creating a lot of conflict and challenge that they would have to make all these major adjustments. And in the beginning, it was fine. You know, it was just like, all right, well, I can't see you every day, so I'll see you a few days a week. And um, now um, we may not be able to meet up at certain times. We have to change to earlier times. And then it was like, well, uh, we can meet up in certain geographic locations, but not other locations. And so I began to like feel frustrated in the relationship because I kept thinking to myself like, damn, well, why do I keep giving up so much? And it seems like everything is happening because of this other party that was introduced after the first year. So I'm now becoming frustrated but not frustrated with my partner, frustrated with the third party. Because in my mind, it's like, okay, before you came here, chick, like I literally had all of these privileges with this man I had grown to love and I was spending all my time and he was giving me all his affection, undivided attention. And now you have become involved and now you're taking away things from me. So I began to feel like really frustrated. And instead of me evaluating the relationship objectively, I started to evaluate it subjectively. So now I'm thinking in my mind, how can I make it where this other person, this third party, understands that I am not going anywhere, that my position in this man's life is rigid. (laughs) that I'm going to be here for the long haul. And so with that being said, 
I reassured my partner that I wasn't going anywhere. Um, however, when the third party received that information, you know, she was very unhappy about it. And she was very determined for me to know that she wasn't happy about it. So there were a lot of things at play that I didn't know at the time created a triangulation for me. So I would share things with my partner. Um, My partner would share things with the other party. The other party would share things with my partner and my partner would then share it with me. So it was always like, you know, uh, hearsay, um, she said, she said, (laughs) and then there would be what I would call the cold wars of the social media. So, you know, it'd be like, I would have my stash of memes ready to go. She would have her stash of memes ready to go. Um, so, you know, for example, she might post a picture, um, from the past of my partner And then I would post a picture from the present. Um, You know, she might post a a meme that was projecting something about how she perceived my life. And then I would just do the same thing and vice versa. And, you know, in the meantime, you know, I'm just so focused and dedicated on standing my ground and staying firm. Because I'm not letting no, nobody (laughs) throw me off course because... That's the type of person I am. Like when I have a set goal, when I have um, something of a destination in mind, like I follow through. So I wasn't going anywhere. And this individual wasn't going anywhere. And so now who's getting all the benefits of this? Oh, that's right. The partner. He's getting the benefits of this because he has now reduced my access to him. And he has then also, like, taken away things from her. And we're both settling for less, but we're both giving him the best of us. So he is just now, like, you know, (laughs) having his cake essentially and eat it too. And let me make this very clear so you can understand. This is not like a situation where this is a side piece. It was nothing like that. It's just that... um, there was someone from the past who had um, a connection to my partner. And I'm making it very broad <laughs> because some of the listeners know people in my life personally. And I do not like to disclose things too intimately um, as to keep those uh, parties private and secure. But, you know, it wasn't a situation that was easy. It was very complicated. It was a person who had to be involved and was not able to be like just an ex for example like she couldn't be just an ex there were a lot of things at play um so her and I um have an unspoken beef we don't know each other we've never met I don't even know what she looks like outside of her pictures on social media and vice versa um Every time I felt really frustrated to the point that where I might finally become aware of the triangle, my partner was so crafty and cunning that 
he would always find a way to like um make me feel special as though he really truly cared so he would then do something really special for me or really special for myself and my kids um and then I would get distracted and thrown off and I would then uh reevaluate the worth of the relationship and decide that it was something that was worth maintaining but what I didn't notice is that this was again that word that we used in the last episode a pattern <laughs> it was a pattern that I was unaware of and I was returning to because every time I felt dissatisfied in the relationship he would just do this grander gesture and I would just be like oh wow like he really loves me like I feel so bad for him like he's dealing with a lot like I can't abandon him I have to be here for him he's supporting me I have to support him and this cycle just continued and continued and continued and I was not aware of it and there were times coming to the end of that triangle that I did want to reach out to um, the other party. And it was a time that I did reach out, but her response was very defensive and cold and a little shady. And um, so I did decide that I would not reach out to her again because she did not receive the information that was given her very well at all. And it was as if she saw me as a nemesis. Um, And obviously that had to be based on what she was hearing at the time, which it didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, she doesn't know me. So why is she even judging me like this? Like, you don't know me. I'm telling you something that's happened. And the thing I was sharing with her was something that was very delicate. And the fact that she became offensive and, 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 excuse me, became defensive because she was offended um, really surprised me because in my mind, women support women regardless. And if a woman has shared something with you of that nature, you know, you should be more supportive. Um, so this is why I had to do what I had to do, which was to remove myself from the triangle, but I couldn't do that until I was aware of the triangle. So here's what I want you all to do. I want you all to evaluate your relationships your friendships, your family dynamic, and see if you feel that there's a triangle at play. Do you feel like there's another person that you're being pit against? Do you feel that there is someone you're being compared to? Do you feel like you, 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 you're, you're motivated to stay for more than just love? Or do you feel like you're motivated to stay for loyalty because it's a family or friend? You know, are you afraid to address a person? Why? Why do you feel uncomfortable? You have to ask yourself these questions. You know, if someone is telling you things about a person, also question that. Now, I had a triangle at work one time at a job that I had, and it was a young lady who was coming to me and telling me things about someone that I knew I knew these things not to be true of that person's character, but I did 
listen to what the person was saying because the person was coming to me with tears and with a really sad, sappy story and saying things that were happening and she was being bullied and manipulated and misused and all these things. And I just didn't want to believe it, but I bought it. But my biggest regret is that I changed my whole entire attitude toward a person that I had known longer because I allowed myself to be triangled in. I then began to not speak to that person, uh, avoid them. Um, and instead of me addressing the conflict, I let it go. And we ended up speaking for well over a year. So when we did eventually get together and we met up and we spoke, we spoke for hours and we both were like so surprised that the other person was unaware of what was happening behind the other person's back through one person in particular. So these are things you have to ask yourself. Like, why is this person giving me this information? And if you feel like you've found out information, you can handle that situation delicately. You can address it without getting aggressive and angry. Like, nah, hold up. First of all, we're not going to no. You don't have to do that. You can actually have a real conversation. And you can have a conversation without having to disclose what the other person says. You can just ask the question. Hey, are we good? Are things okay? And this is what we have to be comfortable doing is addressing conflict in a healthy manner. That's how you avoid the conflict. I mean, excuse me, the triangle is that you have to question and make sense of what's happening. And going back to the story that I gave with me and um, my partner at the time was like, why is it that the entrance of this person into the dynamic would cause so many things to shift and create such an imbalance that I lost a lot of the access that I had to him? Now, that was a big ass red flag that I did not (laughs) pay attention to because here I am decreasing access when as a relationship moves forward, listen to this, as a relationship progresses, you're supposed to become closer and more intimate. It shouldn't be decreasing. You shouldn't be regressing. You should be becoming closer. And this is something that I tell people all the time. Now that I've learned of what a love triangle looks like, and now that I've learned that it doesn't mean like, oh, okay, well, this person is has a side piece or a sneaky link or this or that. It doesn't mean anything like that. It just means that this person has asked you to be in a position where you have to 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 lose things that you're or you should be privy to that you should have access to that should be a right for a relationship to move forward and work. So ask yourself these questions. A lot of times it's those simple things. And you ain't feeling it in your gut, because guess what? Sister girl felt it in her gut. I felt it. But it's like, sometimes you just say to yourself, nah, you know, I'm overthinking it. You know, I'm doing too much. I should be happy I have him. Like, and like I said, the guy's a great guy. Like, you know, still have a love for him, still love for him to this day, to this moment I'm speaking to you. But self-love will teach you that loving someone more than yourself is a dangerous game. And I have learned to not put myself in a position. 
if I deserve something, then that thing is something I should not be without or give up to make something work. So I'll leave you with this today. What do you deserve? And are you denying yourself things to make something else work? Are you afraid of addressing conflict and why? Thank you all for listening to episode through three, the triangle. Take care. Have a blessed one, guys. See you episode four. Later.